0: Welcome to the Ziggler show where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host Kevin Miller and today I'm with co-host Michelle Prince. We're going to bring you round three with Jordan Harbinger. Today is our Zig Bomb episode. So Jordan was on stage at a live event that he was emceeing in Las Vegas just a week ago and he gave us his favorite Ziggler quote and why. Then this is interesting. I had been taking our guests quotes for this segment and crafting a question around them and posting it to the Ziegler Facebook page, which has nearly 4.5 million fans. We get many, many comments there. This time, however, I tried posting to my personal Facebook page, which is Agent K as in Kevin Miller, Agent K Miller. We've never gotten so many in-depth, authentic comments ever. Again, it was it was tremendous. So much that it was really hard to filter through and decide what to bring you, as it was just too much to share all of them. Uh, and on that note, you're welcome to friend me at Agent K Miller on Facebook, as it will be where I'll be posting the questions around our guests' zig bombs every week in this new series format that we have for everyone. Jordan Harbinger again is the acclaimed host of the Art of Charm podcast and enterprise, a uh, huge podcast, one generally one of the top 50 on planet earth, a uh, really significant podcast. And we're just really honored to bring him here. His first show was show, let's see, we 489, and it was on social capital. Again, my pitch on him is he's the modern day, how to win friends and influence people resource. So what is the question that I posted that provoked so many deep comments from everyone? First, let me play the clip from Jordan Harbinger, our featured and prior guest in episodes 489 and 490.
1: Hey all my favorite Ziegler quote has got to be that you can get what you want if you help enough people get what they want. And pardon the music, I'm at a huge event that's about to start. I'm the MC of thrive here and there's going to be over a thousand people in this room from all over the world. And The reason I love that Ziegler quote is because my platform, The Art of Charm Podcast, has always been about helping other people get what they want, helping the guest get the platform, helping the listener learn from the guest and learn from myself while I learn in the process. It's never been about what we can get. It's always about what we can give, and that has made the Art of Charm podcast one of the most popular shows in all of iTunes with around four million downloads a month, and that is all because of what we call ABG. Always be generous, always be giving. Not ABC always be closing, but always be giving, always be generous. What can you do for others? Because that's what really matters, and that's what really leverages a brand, a message, and a platform. So thank you, Zig, and thank you, Kevin.
0: And you are so welcome, Jordan. So appreciate the time that he has given us and the heart that he gives everyone. So coming from that favorite Ziegler quote, which again is you can have everything in life you want if you'll help enough other people get what they wanted, uh, what they want. I posted on my Facebook page this question. While the concept sounds all well and great, where have you had success or challenges in living this concept out. And again, folks, we got some raw responses here. And I said, what concerns and or feedback do you have regarding the statement? And I asked people be as raw and honest as you will be. And they surely were raw and honest. So I'm going to bring on Michelle Prince and we're going to talk through some of the key comments. And a lot of my doubled up because people had kind of ancillary thoughts that some of them uh, were, were good in pairing together. A quick thanks to Joey, who just left a five-star review in iTunes, testifying to the value of Tom Ziegler, which came right after some grumpy soul uh, left a stinger about Tom. So if you want to show some support to the family and the message of Ziegler, please help us by leaving a review in iTunes. Okay, folks, then here we go. Okay, Michelle, before we dive into this question, I know you're just at the end of a a good long full day of working with folks on their book projects, which folks, again, if you're thinking about writing a book, please do yourself a favor, go to michelleprince.com and you can get involved there with her and get your book written. So uh, just out of curiosity, what are the topics of three books you were working on today?
2: Well, okay, so the ones I'm working on right now, one is a, a pastor has written a book and sharing his views on, on everything uh, faith-related. It's an amazing, amazing book. I can't wait for people to read it. Um, we, we just finished a children's book. Now, I don't do a ton of children's books, but this one is a very inspirational book. I tend to do more personal development, professional development, and this is a, uh, an 18-year-old who has a very inspiring story that we put into a children's book. And the other one I was working on today is more of a business card book. It's a book that we're literally taking uh, what this business owner does for a living. And we're putting it in a small, what I call mini book, business card book, and going to use that literally as their business card to drive business because no one will throw away a book, but they will throw away a business card. So I, it's has been a full day, but a good day.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. And I'll be, I'll be joining you with my book at some point here. So we'll keep yes, talking you about will. it. <laughs> All right. Well, so to dive in here and we've got, again, I had to cull through some really good stuff here, but I'm just, I'm just going to dive in right at the top here. And I, I did literally pick these, uh, it's a couple that I paired together and I picked them first for a reason. So Jeremy James says, I feel that this quote is true and that people have deep seated needs or wants for encouragement, positivity, and gratitude. In other words, everyone needs or wants to feel appreciated, heard, and valued. I think that's human nature. And that when someone gives you that, especially when it's unexpected and, or from a stranger, it can produce benefits for the sower of those feelings. Now it's easy to fake that by throwing false signs of those things uh, out. But in the end, relationships are just like, like that, a formula. If you give, you get. Well, so I'm going to pair that with Audrey Steele. She said it sounds good at first glance, but honestly it could be the motto of a drug dealer just as well. what other people people want is selfish and materialistic or even self-destructive. Will we help them get those things in order to fulfill our own desire for things we may or may not need? Example, prosperity doctrine pastors who tell people what they want to hear and teach them to expect only blessings from God are often extremely popular and rich as a result, sometimes at the expense of the people they are supposedly helping. Not a good thing in my opinion. I think Jesus had it right when he taught us to die to what we think we want. So he can bring us to life and give us joy as we bring others to life and give them joy. Okay. That was a lot, uh, Michelle. And so I did that because I thought, well, gosh, at the first, uh, at the top of this topic, that was so primary and foundational, as you've known longer than I have with Zig's life, you can have everything life you want if you can, if you help enough other people get what they want, we bring up the question of, okay, let's start first with what do people want? And I thought it was a good, I had I honestly had not thought about it because does that mean helping somebody get uh, a new car? They want a new car or they want a, a job promotion or whatever, whatever, something tangible as opposed to they want to be heard. They want to be, they have gratitude like Jeremy said, uh, because that obviously dictates a, a different action from us or a different, engagement and what role we take with someone, do you think?
2: I do. And, you know, it's, it is a mixed bag. And I don't think there's one final answer to what that, what we want is, because everyone has a different, uh, everyone has different needs. I think, you know, if I, if I could picture what Zig was thinking when he put this quote together, I know it's biblically based on the golden rule. So to me, I look at it as, you know, whatever that is, meaning if you put someone else before your own needs, you know, love others um, first, then then you will get in return more than you could ever imagine. So I don't see it as manipulative. I see it more as when you think of someone else before yourself, that's usually when, when you get the you know, the rewards um, it, similar to sowing and reaping, you know, we all want to reap and we all want things and whatever those things are is okay. You know, it doesn't have to be, uh, a you know, it doesn't have to be just emotional. It could be a car. It could be all those things. But it, I think what it is, is it's just that, you know, you don't get until you give. And so it's just changing the perspective instead of, well, I want, 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 want. Well, so does, so instead put my attention on, well, what does someone else want? And, I don't know. It's just helping someone else without the intent of getting anything in return is how I really view that quote.
0: Uh, Well, I I do too. And I I just appreciated it. I'd had this conversation in recent months with my kids and one of my kids kind of talked about that from a child's perspective of, well, gosh, I thought we weren't supposed to be just about what we want. And if we're doing it just to get, is that, you know, authentic in, in a sense And you know, it's interesting that here, here was my take, Michelle, to be candid with it was that, okay, we're talking about if I was a hundred percent altruistic and I was there to serve others needs, it is the right thing to do to serve others, put them ahead of myself. And out of that though, we happen to know that it's, it's a proven fact that you generally do reap what you sow and it will come back to you. I mean, we just see that. So it's the right thing to do from a good heart. Now from a Poor heart, and if I am just doing it to to get one, I think it'll probably be known, and it won't sew back as much. But it's still a good thing to do either way. And I I, we try we talked about that as a family. Either way, that's a good that's the best strategy, whether it comes from a good heart or not. Though I don't think you can authentically do it without it being there. But I you know I I gotta admit, do I ever do something authentically selfish selflessly for someone else without any hint? Of reciprocity, I don't know that I'm that big of a person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, it's like tithing, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we're not supposed to do it to get anything in return, but it is that sowing and reaping, and it's just the law, it, it's a natural law. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it's, and it's interesting, though, to see everyone, the different perspectives of what the quote really means, you know, and, and, yeah. and how, to, how to utilize it. So it's such a fascinating.
0: Yes. And and I do appreciate the prosperity mentality, you know, pastor of of doing things and you're going to, and it is so focused on self. And so Audrey, I, I hear you on that. I think we've all been privy to some of that. And, uh, that's not what we're going for here. Well, here's another one again, two that I paired together, Michelle, uh, Jeff Jones. Which to name drop, he's the ex-drummer for Big Daddy Weave and just a great guy. Uh, A lot lot of fun. He says, I feel like a legitimate concern is understanding that it is based on relationships and a process. The results do not necessarily come overnight. It requires a long-term investment in the life of others. Therefore, it can be discouraging to stay on the course in the instant gratification society we live in today. Thank you for that, uh, Jeff. You know what? I, actually, I'm going to shamelessly self-promote him again. He makes custom drumsticks. So uh, uh, look him up. Uh, I, th- I can't remember what the website. Jeff Jones, custom drumsticks. He does the coolest. I've got some here. If we were on video, I'd, I'd show everybody. But uh, So there you go. Shameless pitch there. Gregory oh. Byerline, one of my old cycling buddies, he says, understanding that we're really talking about seed planting and sometimes crops take a long time to grow if they're able to take root in fertile soil in the first place. And he, he says further, further, the willingness to help others get what they want has to be sincere and without expectation of receiving something from those whom you have helped. Sometimes what comes back to you comes from a different source Uh, So I like both of those uh, and and paired them together because they had some similar sayings, but two points came out for me in that, Michelle. One is, yeah, realizing this is a long-term thing. This isn't go to work tomorrow. Let's work for 30 days helping somebody else do something and I'm going to get that promotion or or whatever. And two, what if we are helping and we do have, as we talked about a second ago, some reciprocity in mind, but we find, can it be that benefit is going to come around from a different way? And my first thought on that was, oh my gosh, how many times have I seen from a faith-based perspective, seeing a vision that I believed was was God's doing, I, I went after it, and he was true to that destination. But oh my gosh, the way we got there was exactly the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. So um, I, I, I felt like these were, again, big parts in the comprehension and embracing of this perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And what you were as I was hearing these, I was thinking of something, you know, when I was a kid, I remember, I think, being in elementary school, and I think most kids, we want to have more friends, you know, you want to be in the either the popular group, or you want to be you just want to have more friends, very friend focused. And I remember somebody saying to me that if you want to have more friends, you have to be a friend. So don't go out looking for friends, go out looking to be a friend, and friends will come following. And it's, it's just, it's just that whole it's whatever you want, right? If it's relationships, like your your friend had said, then then you 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 seek to you seek to give before you get. And you know, some people call it karma. Some people call it uh, law of reciprocity. You know, the golden rule. But it is truly, truly a law that eventually, what you give is what you get. Yeah. And you don't plant the seed of a uh, you know an oak tree and end up getting the harvest of a lemon tree. I mean, it's, so it's, it's very specific in where you put your energy and your attention and your care and concern toward another human being is almost exactly what you're going to get in return, but you don't do it necessarily for that reason. Um, or it doesn't come across as authentic. So it's a fine line between trust. It's faith truthfully. It is just trusting that when you do the right thing over again, and over again, consistently, you're, you're going to get back in return as much, if not more, than what you put into it.
0: Well, yeah, I'm interested by what you said as far as the, the friend thing. If you want friends, be a friend. And, and I, again, not to just justify that we often do have some kind of a motive, but it seems like the effort is going to, like that is 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 uh, perpetuated by something that we do desire. We have a longing for, and we do have a, a want and a need. And the way to go about that though, is to be a, a servant, to be a servant leader. And it often comes from that. When I hear people who talk about uh, that, their goal is to be 100% selfless and uh, only serving others. Honestly, my experience is sometimes people who really have that bent lose their way because they don't have any kind of a personal guide. They don't have any personal uh, goal. And and I think if we are all a a human as made unto our creator, he has put certain things in us, desires of our heart, the true ones, not the desire for a donut, but the desire for a good relationship or to serve others. He's given us that as a motive, as a direction. And, uh, and so this is part of a personal endeavor as well.
2: And there's nothing wrong with wanting more of anything, as long as it's in line with you know, uh, your goals. I mean, at the end of the day, and Zig said it best that, you know, everybody longs for the same things. We all want to be happy. We want to be healthy. We want to be reasonably prosperous. We want to have good family relations, good friends, family relationships, and all these other things that make up quote-unquote success. But the way we know that in order to be successful in business is we need to feed into the business. We need to invest in the business, invest our time, invest mm-hmm. our effort. Well, the same goes for anything else. If we want to have better relationships, we need to invest in those relationships. If we want to have you know better health, we need to invest in our health. So to not look at it as uh, manipulative or selfish, it's, it's, it's literally just what we know to do in order to be successful, just transfer that across all areas of your life, but come from the place of who can I serve today? Who can I help? Um, because, and you know, Zig also said it, fake it till you make it sometimes. Sometimes you may not feel just like, you know, we, uh, Zig talks a lot about the, the changing the mindset and the beliefs. And, you know, he has the self talk card yeah. where for 30 days you're telling yourself who you want to be, who you want to become. In fact, I have it right here on my desk. I have it with me every day. It's the life changing procedure. Where you know you say I am honest, intelligent, organized, responsible, committed, da 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 da, and you keep going on and on doesn't mean you are at that moment. But you be- you're you're faking it till you make it. You're saying it. You're investing in yourself before you actually have those beliefs. And so you're doing the same thing for all other areas of your life. And you're just it's not manipulative if you come from the place of wanting to have better relationships or more success yeah. or all of those things. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, no, that's all, that's all so good. And that was the point of us that how, how can we look around this at every different angle to understand? Because mm-hmm. again, it's just one of those here. We got Zig Ziglar, the guy who influenced 250 million people and growing. This is his foundational quote. We all nod our heads at it. We're inspired by it. But how do you walk it out? And I think that's what we're hearing from these people, that there are some, there are some real issues for embracing this as a way of life.
2: Um, and it's not easy, it's <laughs> that's for not- sure, because we're all just, just you know, we all have our own distractions and our own desires. And so we can get off course. But I think it's just ultimately, if, if we could just try to find a way to, to do something for someone else, it will always come back.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, talking, you said it. Uh, So we'll, we'll use that to lead in. It's not easy. So Christopher Dunstan, uh, dear friend, he says for me, and I just wanted to bring this out because this is a place, this is a, this is a training ground. Just as he says, for me, marriage has been the ultimate proving ground for that principle. Too many times people enter Any relationship, business or personal with the sole intent of receiving, it's only when we focus on satisfying the needs of another that our needs become a concern to the, our needs become a concern to them. Marriage is a microcosm for the much larger infrastructure of business, uh, but the landscape holds the same truth. Taking care of them makes our spouse, makes them want to take care of you. Thinking of their needs makes them think about your needs. Being married has enhanced my life in many ways. One of the most unexpected is enhancing my business sense. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big one. I I'll tell you early on in my marriage, we had some marriage counseling and I had a counselor say, you know, marriage is not Kevin about just making you happy. It's about, uh, transforming you into the image of Christ. Boy, that just set me back on my heels because like Christopher talked about, I I just had thought, you know, two people come together. we, We get a lot from each other and we'll do that. So we can just get a lot from each other all the time. And that was, that was honestly my perspective as much as I had actually thought about it. But here in taking this quote, you can get everything from life you want. If you'll just help enough other people get what they want and taking that into our marriage. You know, I'll tell you, let's just hit the high point. My first thought uh, is that some people are going to hear this and go, yeah, I have been serving and serving and serving and serving my spouse forever. And all they do is take uh, is the first thought that I had in my mind, I'm, not for my marriage, uh, but just that I know that people have been in that place. And, and I, I, I've had to walk with some of those people, uh, which I guess, again, comes back to that, that reciprocity. And are we doing it for the end result from that purpose? Or are we doing it for a bigger picture? Yeah. yeah. And
2: I'm, that's, this is a great analogy. I'm so glad, uh, he brought up the marriage part of it because that's exactly perfect example of it. Cause a lot of times, you know, love is not a feeling it's an, it's an action really. And there are many times I'm sure our spouses don't feel like loving us, uh, or vice versa, but you do it because you know that it's, 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 it's serving them or it's, it's the right thing to do. Um, but it's not easy, but I love that analogy because any, you know, any relationship, if you're not feeding into it, if you're not investing in it and giving more than what you're getting, you know, it's, it's an over time you're going to draw, you're, you're, you're not going to have much to, to draw on. And it, I, I keep going back to the, in my mind, I keep seeing the analogy of that, the sowing and the reaping. And that is such a universal law that cannot be denied that when, when you plant a seed and you, you have to take care of it and water it and give it sunshine long before you, you receive the the results of the crop. Yeah. Right. So you have to do that in a marriage. You have to do that in a business. You have to do that with yourself and you have to do that with other relationships. Super important, but I love that he pointed out the marriage aspect.
0: I do too. Well, let me piggyback on that to lead into another part of that that's stuck with me lately. Hey, folks a quick pause to just say thank you for tuning in for aspiring to inspire your true performance and for sharing this show with others this is truly the fuel for all your endeavors as Zig Ziglar was quick to remind us i want to thank our supporter for this episode goddard school that's g-o-d-d-a-r-d have you ever thought about going into business for yourself but were overwhelmed by the idea of doing it by yourself i think that's a lot of folks Operating a franchise gives you the best of both worlds, the freedom of owning your own business and the support and resources of an established, successful brand. The Goddard School is a premier franchise of private preschools and provides you the opportunity to own a recession-resistant business while making a positive impact on children and their families. There's an ever-increasing demand for high-quality preschools and childcare, and having been a trusted name among parents and families for nearly 30 years, the Goddard School School's proven educational approach ensures that children have fun while learning the skills they need for long-term success in school and in life. Children's daycare services earned a total of $47.8 billion in revenue in 2016 and are projected to earn $52.5 billion by two thousand and twenty. When you become a Goddard School franchisee, you receive best in-class support from a team of knowledgeable professionals in marketing and advertising, finance, IT, and more. For more information or to apply to become a Goddard School franchisee, visit learnaboutgoddard.com. Again, that's G-O-D-D-A-R-D. Christopher Hill says, in the early days, I stuck close to this mantra And it was what kept me going and being generous when it didn't seem like the small daily efforts I was doing uh, were ever going to pay off. Now I'm starting to see it in action, but I'd be lying if I said that at times having this mindset isn't discouraging. Uh, And then Keith Barton followed that up and said, uh, I don't think it's necessarily, it, it has necessarily served me in the capacity of getting what I want. There's something to be said, however, of helping me feel better by trying to serve others. Well, so that took me back. Show this is what this is episode four ninety one. Not not too long ago, show four sixty four we did with Shanti Feldhan, and she wrote the book. The uh, uh, I just went blank on it. Shanti Feldhan, I'm gonna have to look over here at my at my uh, at my book thing. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it when you're talking. I'll look over there. <laughs> um, and uh, four sixty four, and she talked about it was kindness, the kindness challenge. That was the book. <laughs> And she talked about the aspect of, okay, we are to be kind to let's, let's pick a person. Let's pick our spouse uh, in this scenario that that Christopher had shared. Let's pick our spouse. We're going to be kind to them. And we do that because it's the right thing to do, but we do generally have that thought of if I do that, they will be kinder to me and I will get what I want as well. And she said, okay, yeah, it's typically that's what's going to happen. But in her research, and this is literal, you know, she's, she's doing the research and doing the studies here. What she found is that the majority of people who took this on as a real kindness challenge and really did these activities came back after however, whatever the time period was 30, 60, 90 days or whatever, and said that regardless of how the recipient of their kindness efforts, uh, of, of what it did for them, of what, of whether they reciprocated or not, They just felt better. They felt better about themselves. They felt more peaceful about themselves. They even felt better towards that person. And we came back as we often did towards this is, this is brain training that in taking a reason not to be kind to somebody and not giving them, not serving them uh, as they want, because they don't deserve it, let's say, right? Because we often come into those places and in, in giving them what they deserve and not doing that, it's hurting us. So we're doing it, we're, we're, we're biting off the hand or we're doing it in spite of, you know, to, to spite ourselves. And if we will go forward, do that to just to know that we are doing our own brain training. We're doing our own self-care. We're giving ourselves more peace and, and more joy, fulfillment, happiness by doing these things, even if we get nothing from that person which is comes back to what keith said there's something to be said of helping me feel helping me feel better by trying to serve others I just love that perspective. It was, again, it was not one I had ever really conceived of, Michelle. I, I still thought of it in some terms of what comes around, you know, what goes around, comes around that I'm going to get something from somewhere. If it's not that person, I'm going to get it over here. I'm going to be blessed in this way. I'm going to be blessed in this way. And what Shanti was showing is no, I, I'm, I'm blessing myself right then and there. That was, That's new. Awesome. that was new to me. Yeah.
2: That's huge. Well, and it's, it's, you know, psychiatrists or psychologists will say about anger, you know, and forgiveness that, that really the only person that gets hurt in the long run you know if you were abused or somebody hurt you or did something really horrible to you or somebody left the marriage and and you're just angry and bitter that holding on to that is actually hurting you more than if you forgive that person which maybe they don't deserve it but that release and that forgiveness allows you to to experience joy and happiness and all of those things again so you're right maybe maybe it's uh, whether you're focusing positively or negatively it's it's, you never know where that's going to come from. It doesn't have to come directly from that person that you're showing the kindness to. Um, that's that's a great, great analogy though.
0: I think it's a a huge, a huge deal. Well, Well, so here's yet another perspective on this. Greg Goodman, my old business partner said the challenge is that people do not truly want what they think they want. That is, once they have it, then it is not satisfying, not for long anyway. A solution I have found is that if someone sees me serving another person and that person is inspired to serve someone else, then I believe it will continue to bless others in the future. Well, it's interesting. This is why it's interesting getting these these responses from people that I know. Because I know Greg, Greg is a really successful businessman, has, I have no idea how many employees he has, and he lives in a glass house with his, his, his employees and his clientele. So everybody sees Greg, he influences a lot of folks. So I, I know that he's sharing that from his own experience. I right away, as I often did, thought about it in regards to my employees, but also, or first to my kids. And that if I want them to be serving people, whether to me or, or, or just elsewhere, if I want to be amongst a serving culture in my home, in my work, to do it as an example is uh, I, the reward is going to happen. in, in uh, from that from that aspect, even if it's not again from whomever I may be serving, that was really so. Reading that from from Greg uh, and Greg, if when you're listening to this, thank you for that. It was convicting for me as a father. That's the first thing I thought about is that's where I need to be doing it to my wife, as Christopher says, to my kids, to the people that they see me uh, influence and touch to my employees because my kids are in here in the office hanging out a lot. Uh, So doing it as an example, one, because it's the right thing to do, but we, we can't help but not benefit from that. Yeah.
2: One thing I wanted to touch on was, you know, saying some pe- most people don't know what they want. And and I think that's the fundamental issue here. And maybe where people, if they're not as clear on what this quote really means is because if you don't know what you want, it's really, really hard to to go through life with purpose. And so that clarity of, you know, what really lights you up? What do you want to accomplish? You know, what kind of relationships do you want to have? What kind of a uh, business or professional uh, life do you want to have? And once you have real good clarity on that, then it's a lot easier to, to think of the quotas. as like, you can have everything in life you want. Well, if I want to have, you know, raise my kids to be amazing, strong Christian men or to have a, a marriage that is, you know, that lasts, through the years, those things then that clarity helps me make the decisions on what I do in those relationships so that I can create that. So that's a big piece of it is, is knowing, you know, what do you really want? What do you want in your life? And it's okay to want things. Zig would always put goal setting in, in a, in a real simple format of of asking, you know, who do you want, be, do, and have, who do you want to be? What kind of a person do you want to be? What do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your family, your your career, things like that? And then, what do you want to have? But you can't really have without the effort, right? You can't you can't have without doing, and you really can't do without being. You can't you have to be the person who can do what it needs needs to be done in order to have what you want in life. But before you can even be, you really have to know what do you really want, and so it all comes together and. And the one thing I, I I keep going back to on all of this is is it boils down to trust or faith, right? You know, no matter if you are investing in say your spouse and maybe you're doing the kindness uh, challenge, but you're not getting anything in return. Well, there has to be a lot of faith and trust that you just keep doing, even though you don't see results yet. You're going to keep on pushing and keep on doing what's right and keep on investing in that relationship, even if you get nothing in return. Trusting that. There will be a benefit some way, either directly or indirectly. So I, I feel like that's what a lot of this is based on. There is no guarantee. We can't prove that it's, you know, a direct relation from you do this, you get that, but it's a lot of that trust of knowing that no positive will something positive will come of this when you do the right thing.
0: Uh, that's that's great. You know, piggybacking on what you said too about having to know what you want. We just recorded a, an interview. I think it was the, about four days ago, four or five days ago with Greg McEwen. He's the author of the book essentialism, which has, has been a bestseller, uh, is a bestseller and got into that same thing that you can't be. And you guys, uh, you folks have to wait for this one as it comes up. I'm not sure when it's going to post, but, uh, you can't be an essentialist without knowing what you want, your goals and your direction, which I think is, is paramount to any of this. Well, this next one, Michelle, I, I did, I've known this guy, his name is uh, Jody Butler, known him, known him for a long time. And it just reminded me of my favorite Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life.
2: Oh, uh, I love
1: that movie.
0: Okay. So here's your, it's a wonderful life story. He said, God placed a soft spot in my heart for veterans. I've helped feed homeless vets I'll never meet. We flew 900 plus World War II veterans to D.C. on honor flights to see their memorial at zero cost to them. Uh, I wear red every Friday to remember everyone deployed. I love United States veterans. When I was diagnosed as the only person in the world with my genetic mutation, we knew it would be a long, hard battle. Who do you think was the first to line up at my door to help? That's right. U.S. veterans. I mean, hundreds of them. They knew that they captured a piece of my heart and can count on me for anything. They have reciprocated over and over again. Wow. I had no point on that other than that's just, is that, that <laughs> inspires me, you know? That's
2: like, that brings tears to my eyes. That's, um, oh, that's so wonderful.
0: It is. It and is. that's
2: just how, what a perfect example of what this is really all about. He didn't go into helping veterans in with any intention other than he just knew in his heart, that's what he was called to do. He he felt, you know, privileged to do it. And in return, you know, again, you, if you want to have a friend, you have to be a friend. and And that's Oh,
0: what a wonderful, wonderful story. It it, it is. And I think that's why I love the movie. It's a wonderful life because the guy was giving and serving really in a capacity that he was frustrated with a lot. He really had to to let go of some things. And as I look at the reality of that movie, it's very difficult because as much as we're, Hey, go after your dreams, what you're passionate about. He didn't get to in that movie. And yet he found this full circle of what he had done and what it added up to changed his perspective and these people came to his rescue and it's it what, it's not a happy or it's not a black and white tidy little bow wrapped up movie and uh, yeah,
2: but our life isn't well. anywhere close to that and
0: there you go and it's
2: just I love that movie too because it's just you know we all think that yeah well what difference am I making? You never know the lives that you touch in, yep. in what way just by the just by being who you are, you know? Yep. And yeah be a simple smile to somebody who needed it. That
0: Absolutely. Day. Okay. Well, this one I was going to wrap us up with, cause I knew you'd appreciate it, Michelle, though I'm sitting here embarrassed because I've known him for so long and he's just mm-hmm. Evan to me. And now that I got to look at it, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Our CEO at Ziegler Did- Desjardins? Desjardins? He's got such oh, a... Oh, Desjardins.
2: Difficult- Desjardins. Evan Desjardins. Yes, you
0: say the S. I don't think I've ever pronounced his last name. He's just Evan. All right. I, <laughs> I love him because we, we wear the same shoes, uh, these minimalist shoes. Vivo Barefoot are our, our funky, casual shoes, and so we're, we're brothers in, sh- in footwear. Uh, so CEO of Ziggler, folks, if you don't know him, Evan, this guy... Is an amazing guy. He was a student of Ziegler, had a small tech company, and through his experience uh, with Ziegler and the teachings and putting them in place in his life and his business, his his business went through the roof so much that now he devotes the majority of his time to Ziegler as their CEO. Just a, a beautiful heart of a guy. He gave a quick response in this. He says, I apply this perspective to every single engagement I have with another person. It requires an enormous amount of flexibility. And faith as you really get into it with people. It means service. Uh, That I I was really, um, that term requires an enormous amount of flexibility and faith. I should have gotten him to to expand on that a little bit Mm -hmm. and tell us in his own economy, his own perspective, what he means by that, because I'm I'm reading into that. I thought that's really interesting flexibility and faith. I do think, because my first thought is it's just, it's counter intuitive to my flesh. Uh,
2: And I think how I'm reading into that is him, when he says flexibility and faith is this, when you go into a meeting with someone, you're not thinking of your agenda. If you're really coming from the place of wanting to serve other people, you're coming from, what can I do to help you? How can I serve you? And that just releases all kinds of pressure. I I think that maybe that, or at least that's how I'm reading into that and knowing Evan and knowing that he is that kind of a person Uh, I I think it just
0: gives you the flexibility to just be who you are and serve. Well, I like what you said. It releases the pressure. That's what I have felt. So again, I'll I'll tip everybody off. We have, I don't know when it's posting, but we have an upcoming interview with Michael Jr. So if you don't know who he is, he is a comedian, at least at face value. The guy's been on all the late night shows. He's really made the rounds. Uh, but he is not your average comedian, which you're, you're going to find out. And I'll, I will, you know what, I'll give away a little bit of a, of a punchline to his story, that everything changed for him personally and professionally. I think that's when he started to go through the, well, you know what, like Zig, you know, Zig was doing some good things, but it was when he got saved at the age of 45 and then boom, it was trajectory from that point on. Michael Jr. said, you know, the point of being a comedian is to get a laugh. And he just had a personal epiphany and said, no, I'm not to get a laugh. That's me wanting something from the person in front of me, I want to give them an opportunity. I want to open up and give them the opportunity to laugh. And he says it radically changed his life. And it's a big part of his core message, which, folks, you guys are going to hear again. But in that sense of what you just said, Michelle, of releasing the pressure, that's what I feel like just in sales. It, it, there's so much pressure taken off when I'm not. Th- figuring out, okay, I got to get a sale. And I just tell myself, no matter what, I have walkway power. I don't need this sale. I'm there to serve the person whether they need to or not. Okay. We know from Zig's secrets of closing the sale and other things that that is a good strategy. But for me, it I, I don't like, I don't like a super amount of pressure. I like, I like some, but right in that performance anxiety or whatever, I have it that releases the pressure for me walk away power and in what we're talking about here when you sit down and think no I'm there to serve that person not me it does it's peace it takes- oh!
2: off it's it's kind of like imagine if you're sitting there with a big spotlight on you and that's what most of us feel like the spotlight is on us yeah. i mean you ever notice when you've met someone and they just told you your name their name and you can't even remember mm-hmm. their name five seconds later mm-hmm. it's be- not because you don't have a good memory it's because you've got the spotlight on you you're thinking what am i going to say next what are they thinking of me oh my gosh it's me 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 but if you and i i'm a very visual person so i literally sometimes have to visualize turning that spotlight around and say no this is not on me it's i do this when i speak actually in front of a live audience. That's how I always view it. It's like, no, the audience, the spotlight is on them. I'm here to serve them. This isn't about me. And it's, it's a great visual to just change the, I mean, and isn't that what we're supposed to do anyway, (laughs) but it's so easy to get so caught up in our own needs that we forget to think of everyone else's.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. With that, here's disclosure on remembering people's names after How many years, I mean, I grew up going to Carnegie classes and however many years, I generally, not always often, I would say more often than not come up, meet somebody, you know, say, hi, my name's Kevin, their their name is whatever. And, uh, I don't remember it because my mind's not on there. I'm just going in the flow. I have gotten quick at recovery and somewhere 10, 20, 30 seconds later, I'll realize I have no idea what their name is. And so I just do the thing of, I'm so sorry. Tell me again. What is your name? It's Frank. Frank. Okay. Frank. And then, then I got it. So it's, yep. it's, it's in yeah. the recovery too. But I think for folks to hear this, that we can grow up in this, it's, I don't know if it ever it becomes have it,
2: have it just right now. I get yes. it. I'm the same way, yeah. the same way. And then you're embarrassed because when you do see them again, you want, you know, it's a, sometimes the rudest thing in the world to forget somebody's they take it very personal. And so, especially if you really enjoyed the conversation you like, and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to ask them their name again. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's just, it's an embarrassing thing. But it's mostly because we're thinking of ourselves. We are completely focused on us and not the other person focused. And so that's really what this quote is all about. It's just maybe just being mindful of when I shift my attention off of me and my needs and I put it on you, I'm serving. Mm-hmm. And when I serve, eventually, even if it's just the good feelings I get from doing it, it all comes back.
0: So this is a, this is a daily Endeavor, folks, I would encourage you think about where you can drive this home. And if you need to take a Sharpie marker and write it on your hand, which I'm prone to doing uh, with things, I'm going to forget if it's hanging it on your rear view mirror, if it's writing it on your bathroom mirror, if it's putting it as your screen saver on your uh, desktop or laptop at work, whatever it is, but to give yourself the opportunity to not forget and say, it's not about me. It's not about me. Give, whatever, however you need to word it. You make it in your own words. Obviously it comes again off of Zig's famous quote. You can have everything life you want. If you'll help enough other people get what they want. Michelle, thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your insight. It's just a gift to do this with you.
2: Awesome. Same here, Kevin. Thank you.
0: Well, folks, I hope you got value from this show. I sure did. I like looking at that quote so many ways around to see where we can better grasp it. Uh, sometimes, uh, honestly, the feedback that we get, it teaches me more than, than sometimes the messages themselves that we have going on here. Hey, again, you can connect with me on Facebook. You're, you're welcome to do that, where I post these weekly questions now at Agent Miller. And uh, okay, coming up in three days, folks, is episode 492 with Greg McEwen, uh, who I, I mentioned actually in this show. He is the famed author of the book, again, Essentialism. And let me tell you, you will leave the conversation looking at your life differently and with far greater hope in our non-essential, as you'll hear him talking about, busy-filled society. Uh, and please, if you've gotten value from a show or the Ziegler family, please help us out by uh getting out to others better and leave a review in itunes uh that is is a great gift for us hey thanks for being here where we walk together inspiring our true performance